the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast, explaining the news coming out of the complex worlds of finance, economics, and politics, and the impact it will have on everyday Americans. Author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, and trader, Chris Markowski. Having a real uh, difficult time trying to, to grasp, comprehend, get your arms around the horror uh, that um, we're witnessing here, uh, what's taking place, what has taken place um, in Israel, and, and the the type of hatred um, that that exists in this world. I'm watching I'm watching today, and I was again. You got, it's hard to keep it together when you watch this stuff. I mean, you you don't know whether to get up and walk away or to keep watching. Um, and I was reminded actually of one of my favorite song, one of my favorite bands, Coldplay, and um, a great song by the band of their um, Viva La Vida album, Death and All His Friends is the name of the song. And the song is basically, it's an escapist song uh, to some degree. It's trying to deal with all of the, you know, the, the issues and the horrors in the world and, and the cycles that we go through. And the chorus to, uh, of the song it goes like this goes um no i don't want a battle from beginning to end no i don't want a cycle of recycled revenge i don't want to follow death and all of his friends don't want to follow death and all his friends i don't want a cycle of <clears throat> recycled revenge um again it's trying to escape the the and almost sometimes the the unescapable and you know, I'm doing my my prep work, doing my prep work, and a great piece that I, I want to get into today, which kind of echoes. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought of this song, and then it wasn't long after uh, this editorial in the Wall Street Journal today by Elliot Kaufman, who is he's the um, letters editor for the Wall Street Journal, and he cites a psalm. He cites a psalm to start off his piece, uh, Psalm 120. Too long have I lived among men who hate peace. I am for peace, but whenever I speak of it, they are for war. And again, similar to some degree, this Coldplay song that popped into my head. Um, but again, you know, he, Elliot Kaufman is peace. Uh, and the name of the article, it's a great article, Peace, Deterrence, and Other Gods That Failed. Uh, how can it be, Israelis have begun to ask, that they allowed a genocidal terrorist group to reign for so long in Gaza, the fiefdom next door? Next door? There's no mystery about Hamas's intentions. It seeks to kill Israel's Jews any way it can. And it, it gets lost here, you know, with the, the way we handle things, um, you know, apartheid state, occupier, open air prison, all of the things that we, we hear in the media about what takes place over there. And, and again, you know, we kind of think of it, you know, imagine if there was a homicidal state with the, the pure intention uh, of destroying the United States and killing Americans. What if that was, what if that was Mexico? What if that was Canada? Think about it for a second. But anyway, crazy as it now seems, back to his column, Israelis learned to live with that. They took a series of defensive measures, a blockade to keep weapons out, a missile defense system to shoot down cheap rockets, 
And when those rockets got out of hand, brief campaigns of targeted strikes to quiet Hamas down. But Hamas never had to worry about Israel sweeping it from power. To force out Hamas, Israel might have to govern Gaza itself. And the usual suspects in the safe Western democracies, diplomats, reporters, human rights groups, and prize-seeking politicians would have screamed bloody murder. Our cautious eminences would have dreamed it bad for peace. But as the Jewish tradition teaches, whoever is kind to the cruel will end up being cruel to the kind. Again, uh, making some sense uh, to some degree here. A perverse alternative reality was constructed in which every Israeli response to the threat of, uh, from Hamas was illegal, immoral, and disproportionate. A war crime, if not sadistic outright. Gaza, which Israel gave up back in 2005, uh, it is still called Israeli occupied by the United Nations, claim Western media parroted. Never mind the territory's dictatorial rulers sworn to Israel's violent destruction. The terrorists themselves, the ones live streaming their slaughter and mutilation of defenseless Jewish civilians to shouts of Alu Akbar, were politely termed militants. Their savagery usually excused as a Newtonian reaction to Israeli security measures. Israel was even condemned for using force to stop Hamas's previous attempts to rush the border. Gullible Western media described those would-be infiltrators as protesters. Did Israel really need to shoot? Uh, on Sunday, after meeting with a Turkish foreign minister, Secretary of State Antony Blinken tweeted, I encourage Turkey's advocacy for a ceasefire and the release of all hostages held by Hamas immediately. He deleted the tweet immediately as criticism mounted. Um, but again, that was the State Department's first instinct. Uh, its Office for Palestinian Affairs in another deleted tweet, had already urged all sides to refrain from violence and retaliatory attacks. This is like calling for a ceasefire the day after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. It's just another word for surrender. Peace isn't the answer when the enemy will come back to you to kill you the next day. It's accurate. It's accurate. As, as much as, you know, we don't want a battle from beginning to end. We don't want a cycle of recycled revenge. We don't want to battle death and all of his friends. Uh, that's not the world that we live in. It's not. It's not the world that we live in. And again, I'm going to sub-reference a bit. I, I go to you know the, the great film, um, A Few Good Men, and you had a famous speech by you know Colonel Jessup there at the end, where he you know you know damn right I ordered the the code red, but before that you know he talks about the world that we live in, and I I wrote it down here. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's going to do it? You, you, Lieutenant Weinberg. I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know, that Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about, at parties you want me on that wall, you need me 
on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use uh, those, these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. And he goes on, and we all know the speech. It's fantastic. Great acting by Jack Nicholson in, in that piece. Um, what could be more ingrained? Back to Elliot Kaufman's piece. Ingrained and respectable than the push to impose such a peace on Israel. Enlightened opinion in the West is firm that Israel needs to end the occupation in the West Bank. Establishing a Palestinian state, a stone's throw from Israel's capital, or a bi-national uh, state in which Israel's Jews are subject to an Arab majority. Not doing so, Israelis are told, is unsustainable and against international law. It's even, they use this all the time, apartheid. In other words, by law, Israel must offer up its major population centers for the kind of slaughter we have witnessed in the South, doubtless provoking an even larger war. And we call this a peace process. The Second Intifada, 2000-2005, disabused many Israelis of that idea. Maybe this, a whole Intifada packed into a single weekend, will help Western liberals catch up. The two-state solution, rejected by the Palestinians, it is, it's rejected by the Palestinians every time it's been offered, is dead. Palestinian terrorism has killed it. Israelis, instead of put their faith in deterrence, Hezbollah, the story used to go, had been deterred by the pummeling it received in the 2006 Lebanon War. Iran, beset by the sabotage, bombings, and assassinations that a former Mossad director called Divine Intervention, knew that it could push Israel only so far. Hamas, too, it was thought, had been deterred by its previous bouts with Israel, that Hamas had stayed out of recent exchanges between Israel and Palestinian Islamic Jihad was taken as confirmation of this thesis. Until Saturday, the threat from Gaza was supposed to be manageable. Israel even allowed Qatar to transfer $30 million plus a month in cash infusions to Hamas to grease the peace. Um, every official who briefed the Jerusalem Post made it clear that Hamas was broadly deterred from a big conflict with Israel. They were all dead wrong. And Israel will never be the same because of it. One wonders if evidence will emerge that this conceptual error concerning deterrence is a replay of the 1973 Yom Kippur War that, again, uh, discounted Israeli intelligence, discounted indications of aggression. More important for the future, has Israel made a similar mistake with Hezbollah, sitting on its northern border with more than 100,000 rockets, and Hezbollah is already starting to fire rockets into Israel, making this a multi-pronged situation. Um, Iran, um, like the psalmist, the Biden administration is all for peace. The plan is to pay as much as it takes for Iran to stand on the nuclear threshold without tipping over. But Iran is for war. It doesn't stop pursuing nuclear weapons and it sustains 19 terrorist proxies, including Hamas on Israel's borders. Um, again, another thing about Iran as well, as you got to also understand that their interpretation of Islam, their Shia interpretation of Islam has that this, um, this, this 12th imam 
that disappeared. They said disappeared. I don't know how many hundreds of years ago. I think it was ninth century AD. Um, is been in hiding. And one of the things is that you know a, a major world war and massive confrontation in the Middle East uh, will bring forth this twelfth Imam, bring them back, and then will you know force everyone to be Islamic uh, throughout the world and brings in essence brings social justice. If you actually look at the, the writing. So um, this is this is where we're at right now. And how long how long do you think it's going to take? How do you only think it's going to take for the West to start to fold? I mean, it didn't take, they, they put up the, you know, in Paris and uh, uh, Brandenburg Gate and all these places, you know, uh, Israeli flag uh, flying, but um, it's not going to last. If, if, you know, history is any sort of guide. It, it, it's not going to last. Um, as Israel retaliates, um, you're going to start, you're going to start seeing it. You know, is this uh, Israel should use more restraint? And is the attacks and what they're doing is it disproportionate? Um, ah, great, you know, point made by um, Gerald Baker today in, in the Wall Street Journal. Um, how do you measure proportionate? How do you measure proportionate? How does one come up with a proportionate response? to what they just did, beheading babies. How, how, how does one do that? I, I, I don't know. Um, and again, do I, am I in the belief that this is gonna escalate and might there be another, you know, one of these, uh, you know, Arab uprisings uh, in the Middle East? Yeah, I, I, I do. Um, do I, do I happen to also believe as well that, you know, you'll probably see, probably see some rioting and you'll probably see some attacks in, you know, in Paris and in places in Europe and, you know, they're already warning people here. I, I live in the New York metropolitan area, warning people, see something, say something. We're, we're back to that at this point in time. So uh, again, we talk about proportionate, um, what, what you need to do and again, you know, we'd all like to live in a world where, you know, we don't have to, you know, death and all of his friends. Um, you need a win here. Uh, you need a win. And, you know, you talk about proportionate. You don't like to see this type of, I mean, you don't. You don't like to see civilians suffering. No one wants to see this. But, at, I, you know, I gave it, you know, some thought today. And, you know, when you live in a, a nation or land that acts in a barbaric way. I mean, you try to use history as a guide. You end up, you end up paying the price, and the, the society whole as a whole ends up paying a price. I mean, you take a look and look at you know Nazi Germany. Um, most certainly, uh, you know, they <laughs> bombing of Dresden. The, the people there paid a price. Um, you take a look at Japan and, you know, the, the, oh my God, the things, you know, that they do, you know, if you actually read into the, the, what happened with how they treated prisoners of war, what they did to China and awful, um, they most certainly paid the price. And then I even thought about it in the United States. Um, you know, I, 
did a little of the math right here. Um, you know, talk about the Civil War and paying the price for slavery here that we had to pay as a society. Um, 620,000 dead Civil War. And you want to put that in proportion to the population at the time of the United States was around 31 million compared to our population today. It's akin to 6.6 million dead. So yeah, did, did we pay a price? Most certainly did as well. Um, again, I, I, I can't tell you what is going to happen next. I don't, can't tell you how far this, um, this is going to be taken. Um, I, I, I can't. But at, at some point in time, some point in time, it's going to keep recycling until, you know, this is why, and again, I, I mentioned this yesterday when we went over, we talked about you know, yeah, the reasons the re Hamas couldn't have any sort of normalization and relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia. You know, what will these um, what will these Arab nations do that are at on the periphery in the in the area at this point in time? What will they do um, until you know you 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 start saying you know what we we can't do this any longer. You know, we cannot continue to continue to, to, to recycle all of this death. Um, it's not going to change. And who knows whether or not Israel will see this or they say that they're going to change the Middle East forever. Again, you know, there's going to be pressure brought to bear. I know we, we heard Joe Biden speak yesterday and they're 100% with Israel. They're going to you know, we'll be 100% with Israel until, you know, he, he's got to get pressure from people on the left and they're going to start seeing it. And they're going to, again, they're going to start talking about is this proportionate or not? And Israel will start feeling the pressure. Will they, or will they not see this through remains to be seen. Um, again, it, you hate seeing, it's, I mean, it's awful. It's, it gets a difficult to get your arms around hard, uh, to comprehend. Um, yes, you know, that not only we need to, everybody needs to, pray for peace, but what does that actually mean? Praying for peace means, you know what? This is it. We're not going to get back to the same point in time. What, what's the point? You're going to pray for peace. You're going to have some sort of ceasefire and it ends for it only to happen again and again and again. Watchdog on wallstreet.com.